You're listening to the Quince podcast. The minimum age of marriage has always been a contentious topic of debate in India. Currently, as we know, the legal minimum age stands at 18 for women and 21 for men. But since Prime Minister Narendra Modi announced on his Independence Day speech that the center had set up a committee to review and reconsider the minimum age of marriage for women, it's brought back the same old questions as before. Should we or should we not reconsider raising the legal age of marriage for women? The Union Ministry for Women and Child Development's 10-member task force headed by former Samta Party president Jay Jaitley is examining what kind of concerns there are with the current legal age such as the correlation between early marriages and early motherhood and matters pertaining to health risks for young mothers issues of maternal mortality ratio or MMR improving maternal and child nutrition levels etc but is raising the minimum age a cure all for all those issues should india rethink the age of marriage in a bit to lower our alarming maternal mortality ratio In this podcast you'll hear from Poonam Mutreja the executive director of Population Foundation of India and Dhirendra Pratap Singh the CEO of Milan Foundation who's also a part of the Young Voices Working Group a collaborative platform that aims to consolidate voices from the grassroots to advocate for young people's rights to voice choice and power You're listening to the Big Story the podcast where we dissect the headline making news for you and i'm your host shorbury before we get to dissecting the several concerns and the pros and cons of this development let's first talk about what is the thought behind this proposition as i've already said the minimum age of marriage for women has always been a very contentious topic grounded in patriarchal stereotypes that women mature earlier than men Increasing the minimum legal age of marriage for women from 12 to 16 in the year 1929 had in fact faced a lot of opposition from conservative leaders and then the 1978 amendment that increased it further to 18 for women still retained the concerns of gender discrimination because of the simple fact that men are still only legally allowed to marry at the age of 21. To that effect a PIL was also filed in the Delhi High Court by advocate and BJP spokesperson Ashwini Kumar Upadhyay that sought a uniform minimum age for men and women and bring in gender equality. So that's one of the obvious thoughts behind considering raising the age for women to 21 like men. But then there's also a second concern that's being talked about a lot and that is India's maternal health. In a budget speech when finance minister Nirmala Sitharaman had spoken about the minimum age of marriage for women she had linked the lowering of mmr and improving nutrition levels to the progress of a country and urged that the issue about the age of a girl entering motherhood needs to be seen in this light now the rationale behind linking early marriage to mmr comes from the existing gender inequalities and the lack of agency that women especially young women have in society and within their marriages combined with low levels of education income nutrition and lack of access to family planning or affordable healthcare services that result in many preventable deaths think about the fact that women in a lot of households eat last and the least and so diets of a majority of indian women are often too poor to meet their nutritional needs and due to the lack of agency in a lot of cases early marriages in women can also lead to early childbirths 
and Poonam Mutreja points out how that can trigger a cycle of malnourishment. Um, adolescent mothers who remain undernourished grow up to be undernourished uh, women and in turn give birth to undernourished children. So it is like uh, a cycle uh, that continues. Um, in fact, over the over half the women uh, aged uh, 15 to 49 in India are indeed anemic. Uh, early and forced marriages also increase their susceptibility to violence. Young brides experience a lot more violence uh, compared to older girls and women. And approximately one in four girls between the age 15 to 19 years has experienced physical or emotional or sexual um, violence uh, from her husband and members of the family. Uh, so delaying age at first marriage uh, along with age at birth um, of the first child um, coupled with girls' education are a promising approach to for improving both maternal and child nutrition. It's a good investment and the right investment in girls, I believe. Now, having acknowledged all these factors, the debate around this move mostly has to do with the fact that although it's a noble cause and seeks to help women pursue their aspirations instead of being stuck in an early marriage, does it look at the ground realities? Will changing the law and increasing the minimum legal age address all the problems that's holding back young women? Dhirendra Pratap Singh says it's a complex task to uplift women and young girls and there's not a black and white answer to whether or not just changing the law will help. In my view, the basic concern about the current minimum legal age of, for women to get married is built on two premises. Number one is the right to equality, which believes that the current law discriminates between men and women and both should have the same legal age of marriage. There is also a PIL filed in Delhi High Court around the same. And the, because the structures, the societal structures in our, you know, are built on patriarchy, the discussion moves more inclined towards 21 years old. The second, which I think is a major concern, is that the word minimum is conceived as like the permission. So uh, even when we have, you know, we, even in 2020, we have 27% of child marriage in India, which happens before the age of 18. Uh, the, the percent of girls getting married be between the age of 18 and 21 is more than 50%. There are even about 15 cash transfer schemes for girls to get married for 18. So what happens? Parents wait uh, for the girls to get 18 so they can get the cash also to get them married. right? So there, there is a chicken and egg story there. Uh, I think on commenting on should we or should we not consider raising the age, I don't think there's a linear equation to it. I don't think there's a black and white uh, answer to it. The question is... Uh, can we build enough support structures, the knowledge, the skill, the social environment for the girl to grow up as an adult? We want to, her to get married when she feels she's an adult. So the question is around agency and not that much around age. And speaking of ground realities, consider the fact that just increasing the legal age won't automatically encourage women to pursue education when they're still in need for quality education and access to education beyond just the elementary learning in rural areas. Also consider the fact that despite a law mandating a minimum age of marriage right now or laws criminalizing sexual intercourse with a minor, child marriages still happen as does sexual abuse of minors. 
And of course, these very laws that provide protection can also sometimes be used to take away young girls' autonomies as well. While pointing out the problems on ground, Ms. Mutreja says that increasing the age is not a sufficient condition to bring in a change. So, child marriages are prevalent in the country. Um, according to NFHS, which is the National Health and Family Survey 4, uh, which was done um, between 2015 and 16, uh, came out between 2015 and 16, oh, one in four women uh, uh, at the, between the age of 20 and 24 years got married as uh, as children before they were uh, their 18th birthday which makes the country actually home to the largest number of child brides in the world um, in fact um, it, it works out to one third of the global total of child marriages so under the protection of ch uh, children from sexual offence, which is POSCO, which was enacted in 2012, yeah, all sexual activity below the age of 18 outside of marriage is actually stands um, criminalised. And unfortunately, the law as it stands has often been used against young people. Uh, especially from exercising their choice um, um, and um, when young people have exercised choice which goes against the parents um, will um, increasing the legal age of marriage for girls uh, will actually only artificially expand the number of married uh, persons uh, under age um, and criminalize them and render underage married girls without any legal protection. Um, so I would like to say that increasing legal age at marriage uh, without addressing all these very complex social factors that clearly uh, that enable it will therefore not solve the problem. But in but on the contrary, may play a role in exacerbating it. I believe that, I strongly believe that increasing age at marriage um, is not a sufficient condition uh, to end child marriage and uh, our ultimate goal should be to end child marriage. As you've heard us say, increasing the minimum legal age for girls will artificially increase the number of underaged married girls. And most agree on how increasing the marriageable age is not the panacea for all the existing problems that hold back young women. Among the consequences that it may have, one, it might turn those women married below the age of 21 right now into criminals overnight. Two, if the state decides that women are fit to be mothers only beyond 21, for those who become sexually active at 18 or before, it has the possibility to exclude or stigmatize them in the reproductive healthcare framework. Three, without the right kind of infrastructures in place, it might just be a surface-level attempt at gender equality. So then, what is the way forward? Mr. Singh says that the way forward is to listen to the young people on ground and start developing the social security infrastructure. I think the way forward is, uh, is to really listen to the young people on the ground uh, and understand two things. One 
is that increasing the age of marriage just in itself is not the silver bullet which is where i think the civil society organizations are a bit concerned that it might be perceived as a silver bullet that's number one number two is i think it's 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 time to listen to the young people voices on the ground and and really start investing into developing the social security infrastructure be it about education so how do we make sure that adolescent girls or boys everybody every young person in this country is able to get a free um, and quality access to education secondary education right how do they have access to vocational training and skills development and further jobs um, how do we create an environment where there is so, there is legal uh, support and there is justice and girls feel safe moving out um you know and we fight the gender stereotypes accordingly so the girls are not uh, perceived as taboos in the community and not as a financial liability and and things like that right so uh so i think these are two things that needs to be really really looked in, in into that until unless we invest into building the voice choice and power uh, for the young person on the ground my my fear is that this will become another act or just a number that is going to go up on the papers with an assumption that it is a silver bullet which might take another 100 years to to show some effect on the ground if you like listening to this episode please subscribe to the big story playlist for episodic updates we'll have on apple google podcast spotify geo7 and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms For other podcasts please log on to the Quinn website and check out the podcast section for any feedback shoot an email to podcasts@thequinn.com Thanks for listening log on to the Quinn's website and check out our other podcasts